Welcome to Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop, where you'll find the unique, the bizarre, and sometimes the haunted. Feel free to look around, peruse the items, and never fear. There's nothing here that bites. Hard, anyway. <laughs> well, hello there. How wonderful it is to see you back at Oddsbodkin's Curiosity Shop. I am your shopkeeper, Chris Baker. And today, a very interesting item indeed. If you look over here on the wall, this is a painting several centuries old. It depicts the three fates of Greek mythology, Clotho, Lachesis, and Atropos holding the strands of humanity's fate in their hand with a pair of shears to snip some lives shorter than others. Now it is one thing to hold the strands of fate of an individual human in one's hand, but it is another to hold the strands of a multiverse and the countless lives therein. And therein lies the heart of today's episode of Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. So let's pull out the mutoscope and take a look at the new Disney Plus series, Loki Season 2. So when the first season of Loki came out in July of 2021, I didn't know what I was going to think about this this series because Loki has been one of those villains in Marvel. Started out as a villain, not a villain I cared very much about. Then he became very complex in his villainy. And then by the time the series came about, he had the the bit of a turn. He and Thor's relationship had been repaired. And then, of course, the character was killed off in the Infinity Gauntlet saga. So when I found out they were going to do a series about Loki, I was, I was one, interested how they were going to bring him back after he had been he had been killed off and two, was I going to care about this character? Because while it started out being a character I didn't really care much about, the character did become interesting. The character became a little more multifaceted and they brought some dimension into his villainy and then his face turn, if you want to use some wrestling terminology. But how were they going to bring him back? If they had played with time travel in the Infinity Saga. Were they going to use that? What were they going to do? They were talking about the multiverse. And and this was going to delve into those multiverse themes that we we're going to see in this current phase of Marvel movies and TV series. So there was a lot of interest there. And it turned out I really liked Loki Season 1. And, and the way they ended off Loki Season 1 where... Really, the bad guy won. He who remains won. And Loki comes back to the TVA that has changed and, and now has statues of He Who Remains, played by Jonathan Majors. And, and he has taken over the TVA. You're like, oh my god, you know, this is a quite a cliffhanger to, to end this story on. I was really interested to see where they were going to pick up with this story. And while we're in a section of this podcast episode where I'm going to I'm going to try not to be too spoilery. I, I don't want to give too much away, so I'm not going to spend too much time talking about this in in, in non-spoiler terms because I, I think we really got to dive into this. But it was not what I thought it was going to be. Uh, this season took a turn right away that I, I thought we were going to pick up where we left off and we did. 
but we didn't stay there very long and this turned into a completely different story than I thought the one we were going to get. And, and I will say that the first four episodes of the six episode season are a little confusing, are a little slow, and I wasn't sure. Like once we got through that fourth episode, it ended on a bit of a bang or an unraveling, if you will. But uh, I, I, at that point, I was like, okay, things are picking up. This character, something happens to them, and I'm not sure where it goes from here. But but up until that point, I was like, I, I didn't even know where the show was going. I didn't even know what the end game, uh, <laughs> no pun intended, was for this season of Loki. Then episode five kicks in, and episode six, and those two really made this season of Loki. So if you haven't watched this, go watch season two of Loki. Uh, like I said, you gotta get through the the first four episodes. It's not that they're not bad. They're good episodes. It's just, you're just not really sure what's what the hell is going on. There's a lot of scientific terminology and science fiction terminology bandied about, about temporal theories and, uh, you know, astrophysical mechanics and stuff like that that it's above me. I, I like to consider myself a fairly smart guy, but I'm like, this is this is advanced class right here, and I, I don't know what they're talking about. I just nod and smile and watch the pretty colors. But there's a lot of interesting things in those first four episodes, but like I said, it's just really hard to see what the light at the end of the tunnel is. Once you hit episode five, it all starts to make sense, and all the pieces of the puzzle click into place, and those last two episodes really make this season of Loki. And if you love the the characters, if you love the actors, I mean, Tom Hiddleston does a, a fantastic job in Loki. I just I've I've become quite a big fan of his uh, in, in general over the years and over the things he's done, whether it's in the MCU or outside of the MCU. Owen Wilson is great in this. Wonmi Masaku as a B fifteen absolutely love her i love seeing her show up in things I, I she's done a ton of stuff but i think probably the first place i really noticed her i mean she was in that black mirror episode play test uh which was nice to see her show up up in the last season of, of black mirrors uh, in jonah's awful she plays jones lawyer but i think the first place I really remember her is showing up in Playtest and Black Mirror in 2016. Also in the end of the effing world, she was in a few episodes of that. But the first place, she really caught my eye and really gave me a sense of, oh, I, I really like watching her. I think she does a really good job was in Lovecraft Country. She played Ruby Batiste, uh, which I, I was really disappointed we didn't get a second season of that. But she was a standout in that series. And I was so happy to see her as B-15 and Loki and and I, I wish her character had a bigger role to play in this season, but it's the Loki series, so you got to focus on him, and, and Owen Wilson is kind of the Loki sidekick in this, so you really get a lot of focus on those two and the Victor Tinley character, uh, so I understand why they couldn't focus as much on the B-15 character, but Wonmi Misaku does a, a wonderful job with that character. They introduced the uh, OB character played by Kihui Kwan in this season, and he was uh, he was such a delight to see uh, show up in this. He fit in so well as this kind of nerdy tech guy, author. They did some really interesting things with him. And he's such he's got such an energy 
on the screen. Like he's just having the time of his life, no matter what role he's playing. And he, he did a wonderful job in this. It's a shame that I don't know if we'll get a third season of Loki. We'll talk about that more in the spoiler section, but it's a shame because the series is good. The actors are all good, but uh, I would love to see Ki Hui Kwan uh, show up again in the MCU. Uh, if it's not in a Loki season three, hopefully somewhere else down the road, we'll, we'll see him back in the MCU at some point. And then Jonathan Majors, uh, for all his legal troubles, uh, I'm not talking about that, but as an actor, he is a, a wonderful actor and does a really good job with the He Who Remains character, the Victor Timely character. I really enjoyed that as well in this season. But all in all, a really good season. And you have to really look at this Loki series as two chapters of the same story. You can't take it season by season because this really is one big long story arc for Loki from where he starts to where he finishes and we'll we'll get into the details of that in the spoiler section but when you're watching this don't watch it as well this is just the second season it's self-contained it's not it's the second half of a bigger story so if you haven't watched Loki season two it would probably behoove you to rewatch season one because especially that last episode there's gonna be some callbacks to the very first episode of of Loki season one that will help things make a lot more sense not that they don't remind you of all those things in the previously on uh, segment of the episode, but it will help. So yeah, go check it out. Loki season two. Uh, it certainly wasn't perfect. It did have some pacing issues with those first four episodes and some, some storytelling issues because there was, it felt like it was a little bit of meandering and they just didn't know how to fill out six episodes for this season. So we, we went on some, and not even side quests. It just felt like we went places just to go there and we spent too much time there. But once you get to episode five and six, it makes it all worthwhile and definitely worth watching. One of the one of the better entries in the MCU, especially when it comes to the Disney Plus TV series that they're doing. So go check it out. Loki season two on Disney Plus. Uh, if you haven't watched it, if you have uh, we're going to press on with some spoilers and, and really dig into this uh, season and into this story, or at least for the most part. But if you haven't watched it, go check it out and then come back and hear my thoughts on Loki season two. But from here on out, we are going to get into some spoiler territory. So one of the things I was a little disappointed in when the first episode of the season started out with Loki season two, uh, you know, when they wrapped up season one, you had... He Who Remains was killed by Sylvie. Loki heads back to the TVA to find now that it is run by He Who Remains or Kang the Conqueror, whoever you want to call him. Uh, you know, they've got the statue of him in the middle of the TVA and and that's where they end it. And you thought, oh no, the, the bad guy won and now he's taken over. But we, we have Loki come back because season two essentially picks up quasi where season one left off and loki starts time slipping where he inadvertently starts slipping to different times and different places and they spend the first couple episodes uh figuring that out 
That's where we get the Ouroboros or OB character, Ki Hui Kwan, his character is introduced. And he helps them figure out that. And then they have a little bit of a storyline with the whole temporal loom thing. And then the temporal loom doesn't work and they've got to find Victor Timely. And they go back in time to find Jonathan Major's character, Victor Timely, another variant of Kang the Conqueror or He Who Remains. And just the first four episodes feel like just a bunch of little side quests filled with a lot of science fiction jargon. And Loki, and I'm a huge fan of science fiction, and Loki has to be probably one of the more science fiction centric stories in the MCU which which I think is cool because you know time travel and all of these temporal theories and quantum physics and and all that stuff is very interesting but it can also be weighed down by the terminology and I felt myself trying to like I had to keep running to keep up with these first four episodes. You had a little bit of a story arc, the Victor Timely story arc with Miss Minutes and Renslayer, which all, yeah, it had a lot to do with the episodes they were in, but didn't really have a lot to do with the bigger picture and the bigger story of season two. So the, the first four episodes, while they were entertaining and interesting, but interesting in a, I don't know where we're going with this. I'm really excited to see where we're going, but I have no idea where we're going. It was interesting in that way, but it all really felt like a big wind-up to these last two episodes of Loki Season 2, where the TVA has been destroyed because the temporal loom didn't work the way they planned it. Loki's time-slipping into all these times, seeing all these main characters like B-15, like Casey, like Mobius, and seeing them in their lives before they were conscripted into the TVA, which was kind of interesting to see all of that, which led to one of the coolest scenes of the last couple episodes between Loki and Obi, who is this like science fiction writer who, yeah, that's what he wants to be as a science fiction writer, but he is like an astrophysicist for his day job. He doesn't want to do that. That's boring. He wants to write science fiction that apparently nobody wants to read. But but that was, uh, that was kind of interesting. But uh, there was a really cool conversation between Loki and Obi about the difference between the science and the fiction of science fiction. And that's what the, the episode was called science slash fiction. And it was probably one of my favorite episodes of the two seasons of Loki, where Loki learns to control the time slipping and he is going back in time to varying points further back and further back, trying to correct what happened that went wrong with the temporal loom and caused the destruction of the TVA and everything. He keeps going back and learning from his mistakes. And then he like spends a century learning astrophysical mechanics or, or something like that. And <laughs> like how they put the title plate up there a century later or something to that effect. But, but that was really interesting. And it was kind of fun to watch all of the, uh, the humor in it and the the tension in it, it did build tension. It did set stakes as to, you know, uh, if he doesn't get this right, then the whole world, is, all these multiverses are destroyed. Him going back and kind of speeding them through things was quite funny and quite enjoyable. And that, like I said, had to be probably one of the most interesting and fun episodes. You know, my wife watched 
the, these two seasons of Loki with me, and I never saw her more engaged in an episode than she was with that one. And and I I too I felt very engaged in this episode, which was was quite uh, quite enjoyable. And then this the the season finale, the series finale, because uh, from what I understand, they only planned on doing these two seasons, like two chapters in a book or two parts to a, a big story. Uh, they don't, you know, from what I've heard some of the writers or the head writer talking about that they don't plan on doing, they're not doing a season three. It was just this this story. And where they left it off, it, it leans into that. And I, I'm fine with it the way they left it off. And we'll, we'll talk about that coming up. But episode six, the, the final episode of this season, was very much like the science slash fiction episode, episode five, in that Loki is in this loop where he realizes that in order to keep the sacred timeline from fraying off and splintering off. He has to keep Sylvie from killing he who remains, which she did at the end of season one that caused all this havoc. And it was a really interesting time loop that they did because they kept emphasizing the fact that he had to kill her to stop her. She kept saying it. Victor, or the, the he who remains kept saying it. Everyone kept saying he had to kill Sylvie to stop her from killing he who remains and putting him in a difficult position to kill somebody that he cares very much about. Now, they didn't delve into the relationship between Loki and Sylvie as much as they did in the first season. It really felt like they were doing this weird kind of Loki falling in love with himself sort of thing, which seems like a very Loki thing to do. But they didn't they didn't do it that much with this. I mean, Sylvie was relegated to kind of a a tertiary character in this season, unfortunately, because I, I really enjoy her. I really enjoy Sofia DiMartino. Uh, she does a really good job with this character. I wanted to see more of this character. And, and there's a possibility we may see more of her in the future, down the road, in showing up maybe in other Marvel movies or, or TV series. But yeah, in this, she just wasn't very utilized. And, and you have to say that for a lot of these characters. I mean, the, the main characters in this season were Loki, obviously, Mobius, and Obi. Everyone else was either a secondary or a tertiary character. Victor Timely, I think, was probably a little bit of a main focus in this as well. But even there within... It was to an end that kind of takes him out of the equation. We'll, we'll talk about that coming up. But I liked this, this scene in episode six where they keep doing this time loop where Loki keeps going back and he's trying to talk Sylvie out of killing he who remains. But the only option he has to kill her, it's even set before Loki that he either kills Sylvie or or he who remains. And, you know, it's, it's going to go one way or the other. And he finds a way around it, a loophole. And I loved how they, they kind of played into the Loki is the trickster, the god of mischief. And these time loops are like the, the trickster getting tricked, but he is the ultimate trickster. He is the ultimate uh, god of mischief. And he outwitted everyone by essentially replacing he who remains as the guardian of all these different timelines. And it was a really cool scene when he walks out on that catwalk and and all of these threads of, of time are have kind of exploded all around him and he's gathering them up as he's walking down this catwalk 
and the visage of him as Loki, part of the TVA, kind of tears away, and we all we all of a sudden see Loki, the the god, emerge with his green armor and his cloak and his you know horns, and we get to see that that wonderful scene of him trudging along with all these timelines and and coming upon that throne, and that's I think one of the coolest arcs. Uh, and one of the best done Marvel arcs in the history of the MCU, uh, for my money, one of the best, if not the best, because you had, and that's why you have to look at this from a standpoint of two parts of the same story. This this is a 12-episode story and not two six-episode stories, where at the beginning you had Loki talking about his glorious purpose. Actually, the first episode of Loki Season 1 is titled Glorious Purpose and constantly talking about how he deserves a throne, he deserves to rule, he you know has this glorious purpose and by the end of season 2 he doesn't care about all, any of that. All he cares about are saving his friends because for the first time he's never felt alone. He he feels like he has friends. He feels like he has a family. Now, granted this variant of Loki never had the reconciliation that he had with Thor like the the one we saw in the the Infinity Gauntlet saga but this version of Loki you know these are all his friends at the TVA and he's just doing what he's doing to try and save them it's for selfish purposes to to a degree if if you can call wanting to have a family wanting to have friends being selfish but that is why he's trying to save everything and in the end he sacrifices all of that. He sacrifices everything that he wants. The family, the friends, the people around him, the people that care about him, him the, the people that he cares about. He sacrifices all that to save them all by taking up this mantle, taking up all of these uh, timelines and, and using his God energy to keep them from dying off. And and he, he finally gets his throne. He finally becomes... Uh, the God that he has to be, as he puts it, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but uh, the God that he, he needs to be. And while he's not ruling Asgard, he does have a throne that he sits upon and he is now the ruler of, of all these timelines. And you see that shot where he's sitting on that chair, that throne with all these timelines almost coming off of him like a cloak and he's sitting there alone but with a, a contented look on his face and it's just it was such a a tragic and sad ending to see this character that we've come to love o- over the years you know from his time of attacking new york and and causing all that havoc to now he's he's become such a beloved character and tom hiddleston just does a wonderful job with this character from from every iteration of it from every time he's played it he's just done a wonderful job from the from the villain you hate to the character that you've really come to care about and want him to have the happy ending he doesn't get the happy ending but he gets an ending where he's finally got something to be proud of he's proud of of what he's doing and and the sacrifice he's making and i think that is just a a beautiful way to end like i said this story which is has come in two 
six episode chapters. And if you look at from where he started in a season one, episode one to where he ended in season two, episode six, it's just such a, a, a wonderful and sadly beautiful story arc that uh, probably some of the best writing that has has taken place in the MCU, not not just the TV series on Disney Plus, but but in the MCU as a total, I think. And from what I understand, this is the end of the Loki series. They're not going to do a season three. Now, they said they weren't going to do a season two of Kenobi for, for Star Wars and Lucasfilms, and they're backtracking on that. I could see if demand is big enough that they would maybe consider that. But I think for all intents and purposes, this is the story they wanted to tell. Doesn't mean we'll never see Loki again. Uh, you know, he he does have a higher purpose and a higher calling now. That glorious purpose that he's always said he has. He finally has found his glorious purpose. But it doesn't mean we'll never see him again. It'll be interesting to see how this character plays into future Avengers movies and future Marvel titles. And this sets up in place the the multiverse, where you have all these different variants and variations of, of various universes. They even make a reference to, you know, they've got all of these Kang variants that are out there. And it's, it's mentioned that there are a lot of them out there. And I like how they, they reference that there was... Uh, an incident with a Kang variant on the 616 universe. That's our universe. That's the MCU proper in one of the adjacent realms. Uh, but but they took care of it. Uh, that's the quantum realm. That's what happened in Quantum Mania. Uh, and, and really leads us to wonder where they're going with the future of, of the Kang storyline. Because Kang was going to be a really big part of this. They were leading up to the Kang Dynasty movie, which was going to be kind of an endgame uh, level event and before they lead into Secret Wars. Jonathan Majors has been a big part of that. Now, Jonathan Majors has gotten himself into some legal troubles. We'll find out over the next few months, I'm sure, uh, how that is all going to play out. And I don't know what you do here. I suppose whether he is convicted or found innocent or things are thrown out, I think that'll play a big part into uh, whether he stays on as this character. I don't know. I, I really like him. You know, all his legal troubles and the things that he's been accused of doing aside, I really like him as Kang, he who remains, the Victor Timely character. I thought he does a really good job of playing different versions of the same character. I, I really have enjoyed his work in this role. Uh, I don't want to see him leave this role, but also, you know, what choice do you have if he's convicted and they have to fire him? You know, they have to do what they have to do. I, you know, I'm not commenting on on that at all. But then, what do you do? Do you just get rid of the whole Kang storyline and have to rework everything you had planned on doing with this phase of Marvel? I mean, you could do that. It seems kind of silly. I think they set it up a little bit with this, kind of having Loki replace him as the guardian of the, the timelines. That could be the start of them kind of phasing out the Kang story and, and bringing something else in. I know there's been a lot of talk about Doctor Doom coming in. I, I want to see them stick with Kang. I think what you have to do, the only, the only choice you have is to recast the character. 
Uh, I mean, I don't like that. I don't want to do that. But Marvel's done that before, like I talked about earlier. They did it with Rhodey Rhodes and, and War Machine. They've done it with other characters. It's not unheard of. And I think you've got too much invested in this Kang storyline to to just let it go to waste. I'm sure there's a ton of scripts out there already written now. Granted, they can they can rewrite scripts and and redo things, but uh, I I want to see where the, I want to see this story play out. I think Kang is an interesting villain in the MCU in, in the comics. Uh, I think the the MCU version could be really interesting, and and I want to see it play out to its end. I don't want to see it uprooted just because the actor who played this character gotten some trouble allegedly so we'll see how it all plays out it'll be interesting to see uh the avenue they've taken i, I think uh, part and parcel they're trying to hedge their bets now and they're trying to play a little damage control but i think marvel is leaving themselves options and that's a smart thing to do but it'll be interesting to see the ultimate choice that they do make with this character of kang and with the future of this phase and in the next phase of the MCU. So there you have it. Those are my thoughts on Loki Season 2. I thought a really excellent season. If for anything, those last two episodes. If if the last two episodes played out like the first four episodes, I probably wouldn't be saying this. But the, the last two episodes really made this season. And really made a, a wonderful wrap up to a, a bigger story. Like I said, you really have to look at this these two seasons as two halves of the same story, the same big story. And like I said, you have to look at this as 12 episodes. And now, granted, they probably could have knocked this down and did one eight to 10 episode season. <laughs> I think that that may have been a smarter play because there was a lot that happened in season two that kind of felt like Phil. There were some things that could have been taken out. And, and I think the story would have been fine. They could have, like I said did just one long eight to ten episode season instead of uh you know two six episode seasons but ultimately if you look at this from episode one of season one to episode six of season two you get the bigger picture and that ending just makes it all worthwhile worth all the time and an energy you've invested in watching this series. So ultimately, uh, really like this. It was a thinking man's Marvel series on Disney Plus. You you had to you had to pay attention. This wasn't a casual watch, but it was definitely worth it and definitely enjoyable. I want to thank everyone for listening to my thoughts on Loki season two. You can check out more that's going on with Odds Bodkins Curiosity Shop on our Facebook and Instagram pages. We're always posting stuff about horror, fantasy, and science fiction, as well as what's going on with our latest episodes. Uh, no matter where you're listening to this episode, please like, subscribe, follow the podcast so you can stay on top of all these episodes. We've got uh, tons of bonus content that we're always putting out, so you can check that out. And no matter what you do, leave those reviews. Five stars would be awesome, but whatever review you leave, we do appreciate that. It helps the algorithms and all that. So you talk about science fiction, that science fiction mumbo jumbo with uh, social media. <laughs> that I don't completely understand, but I know just enough to be dangerous. But uh, please leave those reviews and share this podcast with anyone that you know that loves horror, fantasy, and science fiction. So until next time. Thank you for visiting Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. 
We hope that you found something to your liking and visit the shop again soon. But even though you may come back, you never really get to leave Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. Ha 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 ha!